my wife asked me to stop singing Wonderwall to her. I said maybe. <laughs> Welcome back to the underground, pop culture underground. I am Jordan, your host and the kid that you copied off of at Superhero Camp. Welcome to Pop C Underground, the show that is bringing you unforgiving takes, passionate opinion on all things pop culture, news, reviews, media, and more from a fan just like you. Welcome, guys. Welcome back. Today, we're going to hit up Pop C Weekly to talk about two big major video game things. The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 has finally dropped a trailer! It finally dropped one yesterday! Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo! We've been waiting so long for this second trailer, technically, but it finally dropped. It's finally here. We finally get to talk about it. And also, I am going to drop my official review for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. So, before we get into that, guys, if you want to follow me on social media, you can do so on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, all at Pop C Underground. Also, check out the YouTube channel. I'm dropping daily videos, video games, videos of my daughter, all kinds of crazy things. That is also at Pop C Underground. And if you want to watch me stream video games on Twitch, you can do so at the Golden Skittles Twitch account. That is G-O-L-D-E-N-Z-K-I-T-T-L-E-Z. And if you would like to support an independent podcast maker, I do everything here. And I am trying to bring some revenue in, or I will have to move my family out onto the street into boxes and become box people, you can leave a tip at the bottom of the episode notes in the tip jar link to keep this episode going and expand and create hashtag more content. All right, with all of that out of the way, let's hit up Pop C Weekly. Nintendo has finally given us another look at The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 with a new trailer debuting, surprisingly, at the end of its E3 2021 Direct. Yes, it happened. It has been two years since we first got a glimpse at Breath of the Wild sequel, and now we finally have a release window of 2022, so it's going to be coming next year, and we're going to get Skyward Sword this year, and remember, we had that prequel last year, uh, Hyrule Warriors. This is, I guess, going to be a prequel too, so for Zelda fans... It's been a very good time, but we finally, finally have our best look yet at Breath of the Wild 2. So, this trailer seems basically to further confirm to me that Breath of the Wild 2 is basically going to connect to a lot of older Legend of Zelda games. Uh, Specifically from what I saw, Ocarina of Time, Twilight Princess, and the aforementioned Skyward Sword, which we're going to be getting this year. So, let's break down uh, the new trailer a little bit and what we... Uh, took away from it mainly, and then I will go ahead and rate it on the undie meter and tell you if it has deserved an undie award or not. So, throughout this whole trailer, it basically invokes the imagery and sounds of Skyward Sword, Ocarina of Time, and Twilight Princess, and those, if I'm not mistaken, were also the three games that were directly referenced to in the original Breath of the Wild. So that's why those three games are being mentioned here. Now, when we start with this trailer... It is very similar to the first game, where it begins where the last game basically left off. 
Zelda falling into a pit while Link is grabbed by a shadowy presence and he all of a sudden starts seeing visions. And we don't know whether he's seeing the past or the future. That's why I don't know uh, if this is going to be a prequel or not. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they've actually confirmed it yet. I'll have to look into it a little bit more here. I'm doing this. Uh, the trailer just came out. But what's far more important to us is, is what happens in the trailer after this. And we see Link falling through the sky all of a sudden. And he is in a very similar manner to when Link jumped off uh, into the sky in Skyward Sword. So that imagery it just never lets up throughout this whole trailer, basically. I mean, we saw multiple islands floating amongst clouds through the trailer. That was really cool and, and reminded us of Skyward Sword. And I can't wait to play Skyward Sword again. And Link can also be seen wearing a gauntlet that's adorned with symbols. This gauntlet apparently allows Link to use some brand new powers that are similar to the Sheikah Slate in Breath of the Wild 1. So we see Link reverse the time of a rolling ball to basically send it back up a hill to crush some enemies, and then he phased through a ceiling to reach the top of a tower, and that's going to add a whole nother dynamic to climbing. I mean, it, the, the climbing aspect that Breath of the Wild 1 added changed gaming forever, in my opinion. They might do it again with this. They might do it again with this. Now, both abilities uh, suggest to me a capacity to control matter and time, which we had in the first game as well, uh, which was obviously very useful to us and would be useful in this game, especially when we consider that Link uh, is not wearing the Sheikah Slate that, that we don't see. And maybe he doesn't have access to it. We don't know. But then we see a puddle reverse in time, becoming a drop of rain again. And at that same time, the music during the trailer momentarily shifts and changes. And it basically resembles the original Breath of the Wild theme, just in reverse. Uh, but it's not quite the same. And that basically could be a metaphor that we ourselves in the game are going to be traveling back in time and changing things just slightly enough that the present that we, you know, came to in Breath of the Wild 1 plays out similarly, but slightly different. And that would be like the core gameplay. Uh, that would be very similar to Ocarina of Time, though. I mean, or or Majora's Mask. I mean, maybe both of them. I, I don't know. That would be so interesting. But it's also worth mentioning that at times we never, ever see Link's face. At times. It's all the shots of Link where his hair is longer. And in these shots, he looks a lot like the paintings of the old hero scene in the original Breath of the Wild, the one scene fighting alongside Zelda with long hair. Now, it's also likely, or possible I guess, that this long-haired Link is a Link from the past. <laughs> Get it? Link from the past? Uh, which could hint that, similar to Ocarina of Time, there's a time traversal mechanic in Breath of the Wild 2, and I've actually heard rumors of this uh, for about a year or two now. And uh, that would be a time traversal mechanic where you would go back and forth between the past and the present with Link awakening in his old body in the past prior to his death and reincarnation. Yeah, this trailer was awesome if you ask me. I, I became a huge Zelda fan with Zelda Breath of the Wild. It was actually the game that broke me into Zelda and then I went back and played almost every other game. Zel the Zelda lore is so great if you have the time to learn it, it it's very it's vast and it's very interesting and it's so so cool this trailer was great i would love to break it down more but i'm running i'm running out of time here we got to get to the, the ratchet and clank review and i got i'm trying to keep this episode under 30 minutes so fast forward to the end of the trailer 
where Link and Zelda encounter a dark energy that seems to be infecting the area and the creatures around it. And it seems to be coming from the mummified corpse of uh, Ganondorf, but the energy itself is only being channeled through Ganon. The energy is actually coming from a glowing arm that is clutching the mummy's chest. Now, we then see a quick succession of quickly cutting scenes, and the first shows Link attempting to channel and utilize the energy that is causing the glowing arm to glow. The next one sees the dark energy careening into the ceiling. The third one is a shot of Link and Zelda reaching for each other before cutting to the opening of a crypt. Now, we see Link's hand grabbed by the glowing arm, and maybe a flashback to Calamity Ganon first encountering the shadowy being that belongs to that arm? Link and Zelda's presence then seems to awaken something in the tomb, as the floor then crumbles and the mummified corpse turns to look at them, opens its eyes with hatred, and the trailer ends with Hyrule Castle rising from the ground and a shot of glowing blue energy. What could it mean? Well, it looks a lot like Breath of the Wild 2 is referencing, is referencing the early days of the Legend of Zelda timeline. Now, Skyward Sword is the origin story of Link, Zelda, and Ganon's conflict. And so you can learn a lot more about that when that game comes out if you haven't played it before. But the connection to Ocarina of Time may be what ties this whole thing together. If they're actually tied to those games, I, I don't know that they are for sure. I would imagine they are. But that game, Ocarina of Time was also about traveling into the past in order to prevent a future tragedy, which is what I think we could be doing here in Breath of the Wild 2, or maybe a, a similar concept. Not 100% sure, but the trailer, this is where it's leading me. There's so much more you could go into and talk about, but we just don't have the time. So, let's rate this bad boy. Now, when we rate this, we have to take into account that a lot of people have been waiting a very long time to see this trailer in particular. And the trailer was great, but after waiting that long, sometimes nothing could ever be good enough. So you got to take that into account. But with all that said, I'm going to give it a 75% on the undie meter. So for those that don't know, the undie meter is the way that I am rating things on this show. I also do a five item rating. Basically, I could do something four out of five or five out of five. You get the concept. But the undie meter is based off of the Undie Award, which is the award I give out the best things I come across on this show, period. Now, the meter starts at zero, ends at 100. Anything from 60 to 80 would be considered silver status, and anything 80 and up would be considered gold status, which is basically certified fresh if you're looking at the uh, tomato meter. So, on the Undie meter, we're giving this a 75%, giving it silver status. It did not take home the Undie Award, unfortunately. I, I, I would have liked to see a lot more gameplay, considering that we've been waiting this long for this game. But really, that's the that's the only thing that, that I'm counting against it, and that we had to wait so long for it, and that is coming in 2022, when I was really hoping it would come this year. But, whatever, it was still a great trailer. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, and, oh, I can't wait for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. The first one is one of my all-time favorite games. I was blown away by it. I could not believe a game like that could actually be run on the Switch. And they got The Witcher 3 on the Switch too, so... Oh, got some kind of reminder going. So, it's amazing what they're putting on the Switch. It's insane. Can't wait for Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Let's move on 
and review Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on PS5. Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart is a wowzers experience on the PS5 that truly boasts next-gen graphics and gameplay to match with multiversal mayhem that rains down upon you. Guys, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart is the first game I've played since the next-gen consoles launched that really feels like a true next-gen title and that really showed me, hey, Jordan, next-gen is truly here. This is not another PlayStation 3 to PlayStation 4 scenario where the leap is not that big. This is a gargantuan, massive leap, guys. So, I'm going to be reviewing Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart based off of four factors. Number one, gameplay. Number two, graphics and ray tracing. Number three, story. And number four, use of the DualSense controller. So, I rated all four factors on the undie meter. I averaged all four together and came up with my undie meter score for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart on the PS5. Let's start with gameplay. Oh my goodness. This gameplay is so fun. It is a blast. You do not have to have played Ratchet and Clank at all to play this game and have the time of your life. I guarantee it. The gameplay itself is that good. You're solving puzzles, you're platforming, you're shooting, you're blowing things up, you're smashing boxes, you are having a blast! And it is so beautiful! But we'll get to that in the graphics section. I just can't wait to talk about how beautiful this game was. Oh my god, but the gameplay, guys. So, the gameplay itself, very smooth. The response of the buttons to what uh, Ratchet and Rivet do uh, is perfect. It's quick, there's no delay, there is absolutely no problem with the game with you running and dodging and shooting and jumping and doing all of this at the same time and having the game not slow down or anything at all is just new to me. I I've never been able to do this much on the screen at one time and not have the game slow down or say, hey, wait a second, or just straight up actually being able to do that many things on the screen at one time. And I'm not talking about you doing that many things on the screen at one time yourself. I'm talking about what you do is causing so much to happen around you in the environment uh, that's just new to me that I've never seen something like this before. It's incredible, guys. It, it immerses you into the game like never before, especially when you combine the graphics and ray tracing and the DualSense controller. But we'll get back to that. The gunplay is great. The shooting is great. This actually ties in with the controller, the gameplay, because it does make use of the DualSense controller, and it does use the triggers functionally, mechanically, both ways. It, uh, it uses the trigger to half-pull certain things, and then a full pull uses another aspect of the same weapon. How cool is that? So, the gameplay altogether, I'm going to give it a 90% on the undie meter. What I knocked it for was the game being a little too easy, However, there's a point in the game where you start, like, basically fighting waves of pirates in certain waves, and that gets really tough because you have no way to uh, to gain health until the round is over. Uh, it, it's, it's insane, and you get, like, five or six waves that just come after you, one out of another, and it's a blast to play, and it's beautiful to play. So, that is a 90% on gameplay. Graphics and ray tracing, 100%. Mic drop. 
this is this is the most beautiful game I've seen. And I'm talking about with lighting and things going on. I'm not talking about like landscape and seeing beautiful skies and in uh, a beautiful world, even though this has that too. I'm talking about the colors, the way that the colors vibrate off the screen, the way they mesh together, the way they contrast together. It's amazing, guys. Ray tracing is real. It's here. It's it's for real. It's the real deal. And it really is. It's enough to basically say that these graphics are worth buying the next generation console. I'm serious. Just on the graphics alone. And that's not even factoring in everything else. And I've talked about that extensively a couple episodes back. I talked about the PS5 and my time with it. But the graphics here, what's on display... Uh, it's next level, guys. This is what's really showing you what the next-gen consoles can do. The ray tracing is insane, and the only thing I'm going to knock it for is the multiversal aspect of it. They kind of played on that a little heavy when they were talking about the game, and I mean, there is a multiverse, and you go through dimensions, but you don't have as much control over it as I think they really led us on to believe before the game came out, but when we're talking about the cutscenes, when you go into them and just the, the way the animation happens when you're going into another dimension or a rift, I mean, it, the quality is worthy of a Pixar Studios animated film or even better. This is basically an interactive movie that you're playing in, in the best way possible. I mean, guys, this game propels the PlayStation 5, in my opinion, to the best console right now because I think it's the only one that has a true next-gen game. And guys, I do not take sides. I am a game player, I like video games, and I just want to play the best video games wherever I can play them. That is my stance on PS5 and Xbox. But right now, in my opinion, PlayStation 5 is the only console that has a true game that can really show you what next-gen can do. I mean, Returnal's great, you know, the graphics are good there, but Ratchet & Clank is something new, guys. I mean, it is an exception, an exceptionable an exceptional, an exceptional, exceptional, you guys are going to sit here and listen to me and probably crack up listening to me stumble all over my words, it's exceptional, finally, I got it, uh, it, it Ratchet and Clank Ripped Apart is an exceptional entry into the PlayStation 5 library, the best one yet in my opinion, this takes the cake over Spider-Man Miles Morales, which was the most beautiful looking game, and that can also show you next-gen power, but Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart just takes it to a whole nother level, it just takes it to a whole nother level, it is a must-play summer blockbuster game, in my opinion. Now, there are some problems with gameplay, or sorry, with the graphics, with uh, glitches, I'll say. So there's parts where you're not standing on a platform necessarily. You're standing like a foot above it. Or you get trapped and locked and frozen in, in something. And another thing I don't like is with the maps, when you're actually in certain areas, it does not do a great job of explaining to you where you can and cannot go. And I hate that in games. And I really wish there was a mini-map. Man, I hate games that don't have mini-maps. Mini-maps are essential to video games, if you ask me. If you're in any kind of map in a game, a mini-map is, it's essential stuff, you gotta have one, so that is a knock against it uh, on the gameplay and graphics side, but graphics and ray tracing gave it 100% on the undie meter overall, the story, this is the best story in a Ratchet and Clank series, period, it's not a perfect story, it's not a masterpiece story, but it does invoke some emotion, 
I mean, it does bring some emotion out of you. It gets you interested in these characters. It is by far the most interesting Ratchet and Clank story. It's not just a jokey, comic-y, campy story. This is a serious story that has some heart in it. I was shocked. I was surprised. Uh, I, I was very taken back by the story. I I'm going to give the story a 70%, and here's the reason why. I would have gave it like an 80% because it's the best Ratchet & Clank story, even though it's not the best story I've ever seen in a video game, but it's very good, and it really shocked me and really surprised me, and I was very, very impressed with it. Uh, it's too short. Once again, it's just too short. Ratchet & uh, Ratchet Clank on PS4 clocked in at 10 hours. This one on PS5 is clocking in at 13 hours, maybe 16 if you do everything, right? That is just too short to spend $70 on. But I'm going to make an exception in this case because, oh my god, the game is so fun. And I'm going to have no problem going back and playing again and again and again on the hardest levels and trying to do it in different ways. I, I don't see a problem with that. So that's why I didn't knock it all the way down like below 60% because I would do that for a game if it's only 13 hours. I mean, that, that's ridiculous. However, sometimes you do have to take into consideration and just go with the stance quality over quantity, right? And this is definitely a case of quality over quantity. Yes, it's a shorter game, but oh my goodness, what you get in that short span of time is worthy of a thousand hours of game time, of playtime, if you ask me. That's just my opinion. So 70% on the story, use of the DualSense controller... 85%. Here's why I didn't go 100. They played it up big time before the game came out. I don't think the DualSense controller is used as much as it could have been, but I'm very satisfied with what there is. So let's talk a little bit about it. The haptic feedback. Simply when you are running as Ratchet through the game, and yes, I said running. You can actually run in this one. Thank God. I hated that in the last Ratchet and Clank game. It was so slow moving. You can actually run in this one. You can feel his little feet tap the back of the controller. It's nuts. There's another, uh, there's a uh, dimensional rift in the game where you are jumping on hot air balloons and, and they're like floats. They're like parade floats. Like there's one that looks like Homer Simpson, but it's not. But huge parade floats and you're jumping on them and you're like every time you jump, you, you like skyrocket into the sky. When you bounce, you can feel the haptic feedback in the DualSense controller start in the middle and lightly vibrate to the outside, and the speaker creates a bouncing sound, and it is so immersive, guys, it actually made me feel like I was jumping on hot air balloons. I, it was nuts. It was nuts. The, the DualSense controller is for real, and I am totally here for it. You guys already know that. It adds a realism aspect to games that we've never had before, and it doesn't do it in a way to where you it doesn't make you want to play the game for long extended periods of time, like VR, or anything else that you add in that's physical to a game. This is a brilliant way of doing this. You have made the game more realistic and more immersive, I guess I should say more immersive more than anything, without making it gimmicky in my opinion. It's going to be hard to support this controller for all games, but, it, but if we can get the shooting games to do it, and games like Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart like this, I, the sky is the limit for the DualSense controller. I'm telling you. And, and, I, and I'm going to plant my flag and say I called this from the beginning. I thought the DualSense controller was going to be a game breaker. And I still believe it is. Now, I've said this before. We have to see if games continue to support it. 
But if they do, I'm going to toot my horn here and say I was right. Because the DualSense controller is it's game-changing for me. I could never play another first-person or any shooter game on an Xbox now. I just can't do it because it, the trigger just feels dead to me. The trigger's not alive and firing back with me. And that's what happens on a DualSense controller. So, use of the DualSense controller in the game, 85%. There are some other instances uh, when you're in rain, you can kind of kind of feel the raindrops uh, with the weapons. It's integrated in the weapons, whereas like with the double barrel shotgun, you pull the trigger halfway and it has a stopping point to shoot one barrel, or you pull it all the way down to shoot both barrels. And uh, it basically uses that concept for all the weapons. And, and I was hoping they would go a little further with that. Uh, but it is what it is. You know, there's not really any weapon... Um, that's really super hard to pull the trigger back on or anything. Some are different than others, like heavier, bigger, and that's really cool. But I, I do think they could have pushed it a little bit more. But considering the fact that I don't think this game was supposed to be a PS5 game when it started, uh, I am impressed. However, in the end, this game was uh, ended up being a game built for the PS5, but I don't think it started that way. But overall, on gameplay, we have 90%. On graphics, ray tracing, we have 100. On story, we have 70. On use of the DualSense controller, we have 85. When I averaged all these together and really thought about it, I came up with an Undimeter score of 90 for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. An Undimeter score of 90. That gives it gold status. And yes, I am awarding Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart with an Undie Award. I think this is the third straight episode in a row I have awarded an Undie Award, so it's been a good time. It's been a good time. Guys, if you're thinking about buying the game and you have a PS5, get the game. Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Look, here's the other thing about it. A lot of people are like, that's a kid's game. It, it's not, guys. It's just fun. It's just fun. It's not a kid's game. I mean, kids can play it, sure, but I don't think it's only targeted at kids, especially this one. This one's a little more serious. Uh, than the last ones have been. That's not to say it's a serious game because it does not take itself seriously whatsoever. Just a great game. So, 90 on the Undie meter. Undie award awarded. Congratulations, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart. Guys, thank you for tuning in and uh, riding along this ride with me. I appreciate it. It was a Video Gamer's Heaven episode, right? A Gamer's Heaven episode. So, Breath of the Wild 2... And Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, what a great combination. What a great combination. Guys, once again, if you want to follow me on social media, you can do so at Pop C Underground on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the YouTube channel. Don't forget that YouTube channel. If you can, if you would like to, you can tip the show at the tip jar link at the bottom of the show notes. I, I just thank you. If no one ever tips a dime, I don't care. If there was one, well, I do care. But, but listen, here's the thing, and this has been my podcast statement since I started podcasting in the year 2016, so I've been doing this for five years now. Guys, if one person takes any amount of time out of their short-lived life to pay attention and follow anything I'm doing, any opinion I'm putting out there, then all of this has been worth it. And I will always continue to say that. And another message I like to spread, everybody has an opinion they're just like assholes. Everybody's got one. Don't hate all over other people's opinion because they're not like yours. Everybody's entitled to an opinion. When you were born into this world, you were given an opinion, and you are entitled to that opinion. 
And uh, I just hate it when I see people hating on other people strictly for their opinion. I mean, th it's their opinion. It's not a fact. You can't say it's right or wrong. It's not factual. It's an opinion. Don't hate them for it, guys. Come on. Thank you so much for being good people. Guys, I will see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to episode 18. Hope you enjoyed it. And I will see all of you on the next episode.